Louise, just come and stand there and lift your hands up. As you, as you do, just stand there and lift your hands up. As you do, the glory of God falls on you. Or as you do, have that the glory of God falls on you. Mama sushte gede mama sushte dese mama dele busule dede bohoshi ha za ba va bo ma fire. <laughs> Laura, Laura, quick, quick, quick. Hands up, lift your hands up. As you do, the glory of God falls on you. As you do, the glory of God falls on you. Shout it, go, Caroline now. Come on, quick, quick, move, move, move. Fire! Fire! Ooh. Fire! Graham, Graham, come on. Ooh. Let's just move with this, guys. Hallelujah. Caroline, get back up here now. Fire, 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 fire. fire. Fire, I'm going to come to you, Debbie. Fire of God. Whoa. That's it. Ah. No. Ah. Oh, oh, oh. Die. Mama Zikara. Die. Come on. Quick, 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 quick. Fire. Fire. Whoa. Graham, Graham, come back here right now. Mama. Mama. Baba. Fire. Fire. Ah. Oh. Ah. Ah. Zova. So subtle, so supple, supple is what I mean, supple, supple, molded, 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 bendy, bendy, <laughs> able to be shifted, able to be moved and, and, and corga shaped by the power of the living God. It won't be stiff, it won't be boring, it will be fun, it will be... So smooth. Mama, Google, Bama, Avefa, Avava, Caleve, Shishidale, Della Mosushi de Visit, Zama Sasha. Julie, just lift your hands up. Just lift your hands up. Just not just stay there. Peace, peace, peace. The glory is rolling in. Oh, Jesus. It's filling this house. Jesus. It's breaking the bounds. <coughs> Lift up your praises to him this hour. Here comes the glory Here comes His power Here comes the glory He's rolling He's filling this <coughs> is breaking the bands. Yes, it is. <laughs> Lift up your praise. <laughs> to him 
God always brings the joy when he has to do a bit of surgery. Hallelujah. It's filling this house. It's breaking here comes his power! His power! His power! His power! His power! Power! His I'm just going to step in here. <laughs> if you've not had hands laid on you, but you want it. Oh, you want it. Just on a sticky hand up, get out here. <laughs> it's called the step of faith. Yes, it is. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Double dose. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. Oh. I'm going to get it in a minute, but when I get me instructions to stop. <laughs> I think I've already got it, actually. <laughs> I don't think we've finished yet. I think it's still more. I think it's still more. It's rolling in. It's rolling in. Rolling in.
Just, just get her up here. <laughs> 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 Caroline, just, just go sit next you to me. You couldn't make that up if you tried. You couldn't make that up if you tried. Feather flock together, something like that. <laughs> Great times. Hallelujah. 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 Louise, if you have anything, just stand up and <laughs> I don't say think something. She can. <laughs> You might need to take the mic to her. <laughs> it's alright, my, ch- my children are getting it. <laughs> Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. She's going the wrong way. Okay. No, apart from, I, think I don't think everybody's been ministered. Is there anyone else? I can come to you. You're drunk, so just stay drunk. <laughs> You're going to have to wait. <laughs> I just pray for this wonderful couple right here. Right now. Hallelujah. Just moving in the Spirit of God. Just receiving the Spirit of God like never before. Never before. <laughs> A real encounter. <laughs> real encounter. Ooh. Real Elaine, Elaine, Elaine's going to receive as well. I'm yes, I'm going to come to you. It's all right. I'll come to you. <laughs> and you, you've got to, you've got to get it, Elaine. You've got to get it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> for a while have we <laughs> not quite like this anyway <laughs> oh it's Louise's fault it's Louise's fault <laughs> oh <laughs> oh hallelujah 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 she's an anointed trumpet player before your time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I think I might have to stop the keyboard player because... Oh, really? Um, I can't yeah. take my hands off. Yeah. Happened again. I can't take my hands off. Okay, carry on playing. I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm joking. Just... I think. 
tie my shoelace up. Hang on a second. Done it. Done it. <laughs> when you're in a, a pub and everyone has closing time, we'll ring the bell. Hallelujah. Right, I, I, I'm just bear with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Sometimes you want to just sit, you know, like when the um, Jesus took up the, the the disciples up to the mountain, up on the mountain, and they um, and they kind of just wanted to camp there, didn't they? And churches often camp and there's nothing wrong with camping for a while but if you've ever been camping do you ever want to stay camping <laughs> i don't in fact i'd rather not go camping in the first place personally but for us as christians sometimes we want to just camp in something we camp on a song we camp on an idea we camp on something and the spirit of god doesn't do that does he, he moves he flows it's like being on a river caroline once prophesied over myself that I was like a log just going down a river, just being just, I had to just flow with the river, just take the turns and the flows. And that's how it is with the Spirit of God. That, has, that is how it is with the things of the Spirit. If you can keep your feet planted on a rock, which is Jesus, yes, we know we have to plant ourselves on a rock, but if you're not so so planted that you you don't just dive into the river and just let the Spirit of God to flow you. We keep the rock of the Word of God in our heart, don't we? Because the Word of God's written on, on the tablet on the inside of our heart. That's our foundation. That's our, that's our security. But there's something about the move of the Spirit of God that, that just just goes and just flows. When Debbie was giving out that tongue, this, this, this worship time, it hit me really hard at how much the Father God loves us. And how much we need to love him back. How much we need to be so consecra consecrated to him. The, in fact, I wrote in my notes a few weeks back and God was showing me what to do this year. And he said, one of the first things he said to me was, be separate. Be separate to me. That's a real confirmation word for me, what we, we've heard already. Be separate. See, the times that we're in and the times we're flowing in, if we're not separate, we will miss it. If we're not set aside, if we're not taking that consistent time. Now, this isn't like be separate in a cage away and not seeing anyone else. That's not the idea. The idea is separate, separate and cleaving unto, like a, a baby would cleave unto his mother and understanding that that child wants everything from his mother. He doesn't want to be separate from his mother ever. He wants to be held. But there is a time, yes, we have to let the child go away as a mother, but my father God, he's called El Shaddai for a reason the breasted one. He is the person who wants to hold us. He wants to keep us close. We have to make that decision once we get released and once we grow up into spiritual things, once we develop in spiritual things, we have to make that decision to consistently go back, consistently be a, in his presence, consistently understand that consecration is a, is a, is a heartfelt relationship issue. It's not a I'm going to do my prayer at 6 a.m. till 6.05 and then I'm going to get a re the rest of my day in. 
We've got to have a consistency. And I'm, I'm probably preaching to myself more than I'd like to admit. Because my, my ability and my um, calling and, and, and the, the kind of the, the life cycle that I'm in at the moment is constantly trying to push things forward. It's constantly trying to come up with new ideas, constantly trying to find new technology. How can we do church better? How can we do this better? How can we do that? And if I'm not careful, I focus so much on what needs to be done that I don't actually say, God, what do I need to hear from you on a day-to-day basis? And especially, you know, it really threw me a little bit. I wasn't 100% expecting it. I mean, some people might, we we knew, quote-unquote, lockdown was coming, but we didn't expect the schools to be shut, really. That was a very last-minute thing. And that's thrown me and my wife a curveball, certainly, and it's probably thrown a lot of people curveballs. I like Laura and Thingy, because you're both key workers, aren't you? So you just shove them on. So we've had to homeschool, we had to do work, we've had to do all those things, and suddenly God's saying, be separate. God's telling us in the midst of a time where we haven't got time because there's so much demands put on us, he still wants us to be separate. He still wants us to cleave to him. And if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I want to talk about being separate. Verse 14 starts this, and I like the New Living Translation for a lot of these things because it gives a little bit of a flavor to it. It says here in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? And how can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be with God's temple and idols? I think that section of scripture verses really hasn't been preached, has it? From a a real perspective. Look what it says. Do not team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? That's heavy stuff when you actually think about it. I'm going to read it. Let's go to a more traditional translation. Let's see what it says there, if I can find it. Every time I get a new Bible, you have to turn every page, don't you? 6 verse 14. This is more traditional. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. What's a yoke? A yoke is that connection between, um, is it two donkeys or two um, like uh, cattle and things like that. It brings them together to make them drive together and carry a load and things like that. So we're not able to be unequally yoked. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness. Have you ever seen a light bulb get turned on and darkness go, you know what, I'm going to spend some time with this light bulb. If we turn the lights out now, what would happen? It would be dark. But you turn the lights back on and surprise, there's light. So 
Jesus uses these very simple analogies He's like let my light be on a, on a hill do not cover my light up with a bushel all these kind of simple very simple analogies and I think as Christians we go well that obviously just too simple I don't get it I don't know why but as a church as a whole we don't get it there's a great teaching by Billy Brim and I think I think brother Hagen brought it out in plans purposes and pursuits talking about substituting brass for gold in the church and if you know understand what that is it's an old testament story where they they tried to put something in these shoelaces do not want to stay tied um they wanted to put some brass instead of gold and, and things went wrong I, don't, I can't remember the actual story but if we substitute brass for gold in our churches or in our lives let me give you a slight example and some people here might groan or some people might go yeah i know what you mean but if you look at certain big churches and the amazing light shows they've got the fog machine on they've got the clouds going so and i've been in them and i i enjoy that kind of atmosphere you have worship and and there's lights flying all around and it just looks amazing but that is not a substitute for when we sing a song when the glory of god runs in and we actually experience the presence of god it's called if you're not careful you substitute brass for gold you go for what looks good entertains feels great on the senses how much more does that apply for our own lives substituting brass for gold if you spend all your time watching church on tv for example and never actually meet another christian that's substituting brass for gold is it wrong to watch tv on christian christian tv and all that stuff no but the word of god says you must gather together if you don't gather together towards jesus is going to come by and i think some christians are going to be missed in the first move that might be on the edge of theology there but jesus said if you're lukewarm i'm going to spit you out and i think time is very much clearly in the place right now where we have got to be so on point with what god's saying so accurate i do not think for for such a time as this you know esther she was raised up to save the israel children you know, the israel uh, nation for such a time as this for such a time as this you guys have got new pastors for such a time as this there are things happening in the world for such a time as this that people are our churches are shutting down for such a time as this churches are flourishing and bubbling up and new things happening it's really really relevant to pay attention to this kind of stuff because god is saying if you cleanse yourself and you consecrate yourself i can actually do something with you what does it say here what union can there be between god's temples and idols for we are the temple of the living god see if you were put your heart in the idea of a light bulb like what we're talking about and that light bulb is switched on there cannot be any darkness but if you're the one who connects to the power if you're the one who's got control over the switch if you're the, see god does he, you can't blame god when the light bulbs on the earth or a power cut happens can you has electricity just stopped working has the the power behind everything stopped working no something's gone wrong to stop the power getting to the light so if your light bulb is isn't on let's use it like that is it god's fault 
or the person who controls the switch. Now, for years, thousands of years perhaps, people have said God controls the switch. But realistically, you don't blame the power company when your light bulb fuse goes, do you? The power company hasn't stopped selling you electricity. The power company hasn't just gone, oh, we're just going to switch off the reservoirs now and the dams and, and all that kind of stuff, and, and you lot are on your own. That doesn't happen, does it? But when God has given you uh, the ability to screw your light bulb into him, he's promised you he will never leave you nor forsake you. The power will never get turned off. The power will never stop flowing. The Spirit of God will never stop being a river on the inside of you, bubbling up out of, the, out of your mouth what comes rivers of living water, all that stuff that happens. Out of the abundance, the heart, the mouth speaks. All those wonderful things that Jesus talks about. So are sowing the word. You sow the word into your heart. And then what do you have? You have multiple manifestations of harvest. You see harvest come back to you. You see you see, you put the word of God in that says, I will not fear. And, you know, a spirit of fear does not live inside of me. I have not got a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind. You put all that on the inside of you. And suddenly the manifestations of the fruit of the the living God start to work in your life and suddenly you're not fearful. You're fearless because perfect love, perfected, matured love on the inside of you casts out all fear. So that is you connected to the power source on a very simple level. Now if you have got to pray for somebody but you can't deal with fear in your life or you can't cast the care or you can't do these wonderful things that Jesus has said that we can do, suddenly you've got a mountain in front of you and you've not practiced screwing your light bulb in. The light isn't there. And that's where Jesus is, is talking to us right now. He's expecting the church to plug in. And it's a consistent plugging in. You can always, always, obviously, you, you, you know, you leave the house and what does your dad say? Turn off all the lights because you don't want to waste the electricity. There's always going to be that option in your life to just flick the switch off and just have a bath and chill out and relax. I don't think God's talking about that kind of stuff. That kind of moment when you're just in your private or your shower singing praises unto God, you don't need to be like booming with electricity power from on high, floating in the, the utter realms of the spirit realm. You're just having a shower. But when you're in the world, when you're in a situation, when you encounter darkness, you've got to believe that your light bulb must be screwed down and it must not be a faulty connection. You know, light bulbs, the ones that screw in are really cool because they kind of go, I like those ones. They're simple. Those, these British, I don't know if it's a British thing or what, these ones that you flick and twist, and they, I can never get them to work. I think they're just dodgy, bad manufacturing, and someone who ever came up with it should be shot. But if we learn how to screw into God and to really connect with his presence, that light bulb's never going to turn off. So when darkness, you see, this is what Jesus did, how God anointed Jesus with power, with the Holy Ghost, and he went about doing good healing. All, all he did was like, my light's on, you're dark, if I go near you, you run away, you come near me, darkness leaves. What do you think the, the, the guy, the madman of Gadara did? He saw light, didn't he? 
There is something deep down in, in that man, in that human, that person, that God, I'm, there's something. He must have, like, I, I, I honestly don't think we comprehend, if you could open our spiritual eyes, what we would see in this room. The light, just the shimmering light, the angels, the, the whatever. And, and, and this madman of Gadar would have seen this, like, he would have thought, maybe even, you know, in the middle of the night as the boat was coming across the water, he just saw this beacon of light. Because if you're possessed by the enemy, the, the devils, the amount of devils in him, that, that person probably had some sort of spiritual understanding or something. You don't get that way without having some understanding or some sort of connection. Maybe he was involved. Maybe his parents was involved in witchcraft. I don't know. I'm just pontificating. But if he saw this light that was Jesus Christ, the light of the world, we sing that song, don't we? Light of the world. I'm not going to sing it for you. <laughs> There's a reason for that. Uh, and the boat comes in, and then he suddenly sees this light, and he thinks, I am filled with darkness. If I go towards that light, maybe something's going to happen. But we know very well, like, you switch the lights off, it goes dark. You switch the lights on, there's light you suddenly can see. And this madman, this, this demon-possessed, evil situation, crumbling under the pressure of all of that, ripping chains up, beating people up, and they suddenly encountered light. And in a few moments, he was completely set free and sane. So many of us have got the exact same thing on the inside of us. The light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And our revelation, our understanding of that, and our need for us to go deeper into these things is becoming ever more evident as we step in, one foot in front of the other, going into 2021. We don't know what's going to happen this week. We don't know what's going to happen in two months. I was reading a little social media post of somebody who wrote to somebody and just said, our country is just... All it's got is pressure. There's a new variant of this. There's a new idea over here. There's this, that, the other. There's more pressure. There's more restrictions. All this stuff. Mentally, the hum humanity in this country is being crushed and people are living under immense pressure, immense darkness. And what are the churches doing? This one is shining a light. And it will continue to shine a light. What did God say? I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. God, when you understand that you are God's person for this time, you are God's person for this moment, you are God's person, Laura Graham, you are God's person for what you will connect with. Brenda, Pastor Brenda, you are God's person for what you need to do. Julie, I can't say this anymore. You are God's person for who you connect with. There's nothing to give up on. There's nothing to be defeated about. There's nothing to go look back on and think, I messed it and it's not going to turn around. I, there's nothing that can hold you back from the very presence of God. What did, if he, um, it says in Hebrews that we boldly enter into the throne room of grace and mercy in time of need.
Our confidence is in the fact that His grace and His mercy is there in every single time that you need it. It is available. It is wonderful. It is amazing. You don't have to wait till next Sunday night at 6.30 when we hear the first song on Living Faith Fellowship. As we hear those first chords, well, actually, it won't start at 6.30, will it? Let's say 6.35 maybe if we're like, hey, I'm digging, I'm digging. But my point being is that isn't what you wait for. You have got the potential within inside of you to have that light bulb screwed down. Going back to that analogy of of a screwed in light bulb, I don't know if you know it. Maybe I'm completely wrong and someone will shoot me down later. But if you hit the ones that screwed in, they don't seem to wobble as much as the ones that you press in and click, do they? Screwed in. Screwed in. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That word wait means bound together. Bound together with the very Spirit of God. You know, like they say wicked is like twisted wood, isn't it? It, it, The root of the word wicked is twisted and and thingy. But see, God says three-corded brown... three braided cord banded together will not be easily broken see the devil twists but the god almighty binds together and creates a a connection in particular in marriage and and in particular in friendships and things like that there's a connection that binds people together that god says i can do much with you two or three gathered together in my name there i am in the midst of thee therefore come out from among unbelievers, wait for it, and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. Is this in the Old Testament or the New Testament? It's quoting the Old, but it's in the New, isn't it? So if God's telling us in our day of grace to come away from the filthy things, there's a reason for it. See, grace is wonderful. Grace is amazing. Grace is God's ability, his favor to just come into your life and do amazing things and just to lift you up out of every situation and circumstance. Amazing. But you don't go, well, thank God for that, God, but I'm just going to see you later. I'll be back next week. I'm going to live a life of hell and and just, just live dark and live in the darkness. And then on next Sunday, I will trust that you're great is amazing and I will be able to do whatever you need me to do on Sunday for two hours a week I've been there where you just live a nonchalant life during the week argue, bicker do stuff you shouldn't do and then oh great the presence of God is wonderful on a Sunday morning I'm all clean now The the blood of Jesus washes me white as snow Isn't that a bit of a slap in the face to somebody who went to a cross and died for you? And the reason he did it was to send the very Holy Spirit to the earth to live inside you so that he could say, don't touch their filthy things. I will welcome you. Separate yourselves. I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. How awesome is the very fact of what Jesus did. He died for you and I. He died for it. to send the Holy Spirit to to, to send God. It, w- it, w- it would have been great if He died, right? Just to forgive us of our sins. 
So you just kind of walk around life, think, you know what? Whatever I do, God's going to forgive me. Great, wonderful. But when I die, I'm going to heaven. I know that because Jesus died on the cross. But he didn't just die to, to, to get rid of our sin. He died so he could send the Holy Spirit. What did Jesus say? If I go, I will send. And so there must be a reason for sending the very Spirit of God to live on the inside you. That's the equipment needed for you to survive and succeed and thrive on a day-to-day basis. Chapter 7, verse 1. Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit, and let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. Who does the cleansing? We do. I love Holy Ghost meetings. I love laughing, jumping up and down, running around, shouting, all those things. And that is part of the process, and God will reveal things to you. But on Monday morning, When the temptations come, the pressures come, the trials come, the persecution comes, are you going to hold the line? Are you going to stay clean? Are you going to allow the enemy to put pressure on you so that you fail in your life? Or are you going to rise up and say, I am free in him. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We cleanse ourselves by living in faith. We cleanse ourselves by renewing our mind to the word of God. We cleanse ourselves to doing these things. And we constantly take time. What did God say to Joshua? Now I can turn into a bit of a faith message. I've got the... uh, Got the hard stuff out of the way. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. And it's the second part. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. I'll give you a little bit better translation. It did them no good because they didn't combine what they heard with faith. That is in the context of the Israelites walking around the desert and not actually listening to what God said. So they never saw the rest. They never saw the promise. They never saw the, the, the promised land, did they? The, the original Israelites, they, they all perished in the wilderness. Too long the church has walked around in a self-imposed wilderness and never seen the promises of God come to pass because they're not mixing the word of God with faith. And when you have faith in God, the cleansing, the, the light bulb moments, the, all those kind of things become so easy when you actually just trust in him to be who he says he is, that he will reward you and that he will bless you and that you will grow in him. How many times does Jesus tell the disciples, where is your faith? Why have you got small faith? So often. But how many times did he tell the unbeliever or the believer, the, the, the person that came to him, and he says, you have been made whole because of your faith. Faith is so key. And we know this. I, you know, If I say the word faith, 
a lot of people in this room could just I've heard it before. I don't believe that's you guys. I'm just looking at you, just ch looking at the time and thinking, is it your bedtime yet? Graham looks very ready to go to bed. See, faith in God will just ignite something on the inside of you that says, I am going to be so filled every day. I'm so excited every day. See, faith has been used so often, so so flippantly that we kind of go, well, if I hear the word faith, I'm, it must be like I must get my list out. I'm believing God for this. I'm believing God for that. Well, Jesus just said, you know, when he was dealing with that um, that fig tree and he said to the disciples, have faith in God. Uh, do you think he was like saying, get, say, get your notepad out and write these three points because this is going to transform your believing God for stuff. It wasn't, that wasn't his heart behind it. His heart was if you have faith, belief, and trust in God, you can do whatever you say you want to do. But he's not saying, he didn't, he, remember he said other things, Jesus. He didn't just say three verses in the Bible. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and then all these things will be added to you. So that tells me that I don't actually need to use faith for stuff because the stuff will come if I have faith in him. That's hot off the breath. <laughs> See, our faith and our belief and trust in him will just open up the doorway, a crack, so that you can see into the presence of God and go, wow, I actually want that. And I'm going to take my whole life and be consumed with what's on the other side of the door. And I'm going to get into his presence as much as possible. I'm going to spend time with him as much as possible. And I'm going to love other people as much as possible. Because when you love other people, they see God in you. Cleansing ourselves is actually an exciting period. It's hard. I, I've never done this. But if you do a juice cleanse and all these kind of things, it sounds absolutely horrible, doesn't it? So when I say the word cleanse, I'm sorry if you've ever done like a, uh, like a juice cleanse or gone to some sort of uh, situation, you know, like maybe a spa or something where they just like beat your body into submission or something. I don't know. I've, I've never done that kind of stuff. <laughs> Shall I pass this on to some ladies who go to the spa? What do they do? They do head massages and all that stuff, and they grind out all the, the bits in your back. And There's nobody else here do any of this kind of stuff. You're all looking at me like, what's a spa? We're Christians. We don't have massages. Right, anyway, sorry. Carry on. <laughs> it's a shop. <laughs> yeah, okay. So when I'm talking about going to the spa, right, it's a very emotional experience because you have to buy groceries. Okay, that's the Christian version. Shush on the front row. Right. <laughs> I'm I'm losing my I'm losing my um train of thought. But my point being is you have this idea that when you cleanse yourself, it's something that you're like stripping away. But when you're stripping away mud from a shoe or something like that, do you not think that the shoe looks far better without the mud on it? If your, a light bulb has some dust on it and you dust it and suddenly the light shines out a bit more, isn't that wonderful? I hate dusting because I sneeze a lot when I, if I do it, so I don't do a lot of it or I try not to do a lot of it. But dust, for me, 
I'm sorry, my mind just goes all over the place when I do this kind of stuff. Just think about dust, how little dust is and how annoying it can be. The devil doesn't often come with mud pile and fling mud at you. He often is there as the dust and the light bulb filtering out the full brightness of what God has got on the inside of you. I just love I, I just love opening my Bible up and just being able to just look at it and go, yeah, that bit's good, that bit's good. Um, if I just flick over here, that bit's good. But let's just go to somewhere as I tr- attempt to wrap this up. This is where I want my King James. Again, very familiar scripture verses. Ephesians. I think it's not actually in Ephesians, but they're pretty good as well. But hang on, give me a second. I I can just go anywhere here, honestly. Um, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17, as we try and... Yeah, okay, I'm I'm, I'm with you. Um, Thank you, Father. Um, Verse 17 says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who can have that, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. We reflect that, don't we? And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. And if you just hop over to four verses, chapter four, verse six. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, had made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus. We now have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. I mark my words that 2021, the church of Jesus Christ is going to shine. The church of Jesus Christ is going to start to glow. It's going to be very obvious that the power is not from us, but from on high. And when it comes from on high, results, supernatural, spectacular, wonderful, results will happen because we will connect to darkness with light and light always wins thank you father god for this evening thank you father god for your precious precious presence thank you for turning up in a marvelous tangible way And I pray that anyone in this room at the sound of my voice listening 
who hasn't had an encounter with you in the way that we're talking about, that, that the eyes of their understanding will be illuminated, opened up to see the precious power that lives on the inside of every believer, the power of God that lives on the inside of them so that they can reach out and affect the natural world with the supernatural light of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the power of God unto salvation, that this church rises up like never before, that this church begins to set itself in place of authority. This church begins to step into new realms of the supernatural, of the spirit of seeing and knowing, knowing things, seeing them and speaking them out because the ones that speak it out will cause the things to shift in the spirit like never before. The people who speak out by the spirit of God will start to see things happen like never before. There is something that's stirring on the inside of your heart that is getting placed in onto the inside of our hearts and we're going to carry it forward we're going to carry the burden that you have put on side of us the burden that says we cry out for the lost we want to see the harvest we will see your glory manifested so that we see the very harvest that you have called us to get a hold of father god we worship you we magnify your name and as we close this evening we take it on board we cleanse ourselves. We repent of anything that we need to repent of. We forgive anyone that we need to forgive and we go forward. It's going out the doors into the mighty mission field that you have called us. And thank you, Father God, for this precious group of people, for every single one of them in your name. Praise God. Well, thank you.